telling me, well, I got off into saying that, that, like, all things work together for your good, man. Woo. And I'm so excited. Let me say again to y'all, Happy New Year. Again, did, did y'all enjoy Ashley last week? Man, I tell you, um, man, she's like a daughter to Carl and I, and I know that she spends time with God. I see a call on her life, and uh, she knows it. And um, cause sometimes you look at somebody like in one light, okay, yeah, she's a model and whatever, but um, I saw something on her when she ministered New Year's Eve, and I'm like, wow. Lord had been dealing with her. I said, do you, have a, do you have a call on your life? She said, the Lord's been dealing with her. And so, um, and she spends time with God. You can tell that. I tell you what, anybody that spends time with the Lord, I mean in communion with Him, on a regular, on constant, you can learn from it. Thank you, Lord. And wow, I, I listened to most of that, that message when we were on the road. And boy, I got something. Amen. I'll tell you what, when somebody stands and they're ministering, pay attention. Amen. Because uh, God is ministering through them. Well, today we're going to conclude. We're going to jump right in and talk about enemy number six. I started thinking I was going to deal with four enemies, <laughs> and we end up with six enemies of faith. First Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. The fight that we fight is a good fight because we win. And so if there is a fight to faith, then there must be enemies to our faith. And so we're dealing with some of these enemies, enemy number one, is a lack of knowledge. Everybody say, a lack of knowledge. A, a lack of knowledge of the word of Christ. Enemy number two is a failure to act like God's word is true. Enemy number three, being governed by your senses, being governed by sense, knowledge, evidence. Enemy number four is a lack of what? Anybody remember? A lack of patience. Everybody say a lack of patience. Enemy number five. Let's go back over it again. Enemy number one is what? Lack not lack of knowledge of what? The word of the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. We need to understand the message of the finished work of Jesus. You need to know that your forgiveness is finished, your healing is finished, your prosperity is finished. Amen? Okay, let's try not to elaborate on a lot of this stuff because we've got some good stuff to cover today. We're going to deal with a silent killer. Enemy number two. Failure to act like God's word is true. Enemy number three. I don't want to hear you. Indianapolis, don't go to sleep on me out there. I see you. Enemy number three being governed by sense, knowledge, evidence. Enemy number four, lack of patience. Enemy number five, 
not understanding your father's love for you is an enemy to your faith. That's a big one. You need to understand how much he loves you. Enemy number six is condemnation. Somebody, somebody uh, pronounces it condemnation. <laughs> it's condemnation. I call it a silent killer. Uh, some people call uh, um, high blood pressure a silent killer because it goes undetected in many cases. Some, a lot of people uh, end up with heart conditions or uh, a heart attack, isn't that right? As a result of the, uh, a stroke or, or a, a stroke because of high blood pressure and they didn't even know they had it. It's kind of hidden from them. It kind of goes undetected if it's not checked. So let's give ourselves a checkup about condemnation because it's a root cause of many problems is condemnation and a lot of people don't realize it. See, some people just deal with the external. There's some external problems that, that you hear about a lot. Well, I'm sick and I need healing or uh, um, I've got lack. Or I'm 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 depressed. Or I don't really I, I I don't I don't have any joy. See, but the root cause of a, of a lot of this stuff. I mean, the reason why that uh, a, a lot of people have these things is because of condemnation. It's a root cause of, of why. Many people are broke, sick, depressed, don't have peace, but they just look at the external. Well, I just need finances. But a, a lot of times what's blocking it is, a, is, is, is condemnation. And, and see, many people are hard on themselves. Because it's one thing for other people to be against you and some people to be hard on you. But it's another thing entirely for you to be hard on yourself. And a, a lot of people are hard on themselves. And the reason why many people are hard on themselves is because of wrong beliefs about God. They believe the wrong thing. And they, they believe that God is hard on them because of mistakes they've made in the past or because of their failures in the past. They don't believe God loves them. They believe that he's mad at them and he's punishing them. What is condemnation? Con condemnation is when you're feeling guilty as a result of something that you've done. You, you feel like you, you, there's a feeling that you should be punished. You believe that God is mad at you. See, see now this, this is a, I call it a silent killer because if you believe that God is mad at you, obviously you don't believe he loves you. And see, because conversely, if you believe he loves you, you know that there's nothing he won't do for you. 
The Bible says that nothing will separate you from his love. We talked about that uh, in, a, in a previous message. Nothing will separate you from his love, but you've got to believe that. You've got to believe the love. We, we, we went through that scripture in First John. You've got to believe the love that God has for you. But it's, it's difficult for you to believe that. You can't believe it if you believe he's condemning you. Your mistakes and your past failures will not separate you from the love of God. How do I know that? The scripture says nothing can separate you from his love. And that, that same chapter, we're going to go to it in the beginning of that chapter where he says nothing will separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus your Lord. That same chapter, the very first verse says, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation to those that didn't come out right. No con, say no condemnation. One translation says God doesn't, doesn't judge you guilty. Okay? Now, praise God. Let's go to, uh, okay. Okay. Condemnation. Let me go over this again. It's a, it's a guilty feeling. See, if you, if you can't, if, if, if you don't forgive yourself and you're hard on yourself because of mistakes you make, see, you need to forgive yourself. See, I forgive, I forgive myself for every mistake of the past. See, God has forgiven you. It, it doesn't matter if you did it yesterday. And we need to forgive ourselves. And so many people, because they don't forgive themselves for mistakes that they've made, then they end up punishing themselves. And they get into this cycle of condemnation. And sometimes it results in them getting into addictive behaviors, substance abuse. Alcohol, drugs. A lot of people get into that because they're they feel like God is mad at them because of something that they've done in the past, because of a sin. Okay, and I was ministering one time to some people who came up to the altar, and um, one guy said. I'd never heard this before. He said, he whispered, he said, I'm a cuddler. And I didn't understand what he said at first. And then I, I, I excuse me, he said, I'm a cuddler. I cut myself. Where does that come from? Why, why does a person, see, there's something to that. When somebody is cuts themselves, even though, see, some of this stuff is, it, it's subconscious. It's not conscious, but subconsciously, people feel like they deserve to be punished or they should be punished. And we all deserve to be punished, but Jesus was punished for us on the cross. See, what we need to do is believe what Jesus did for you on the cross. We See, the answer to condemn, condemnation is believing that the cross is enough. 
that Jesus was punished for it all. All your sins, past, present, and future. Yet it's not your behavior that qualifies you for God's blessing. Jesus qualifies you. It's not your obedience that qualifies you for God's blessing. It's Jesus' obedience on the cross. He lived a perfect life. He was the only person who kept the law perfectly. He lived, walked this earth for three and a half years, kept the law perfectly, and then went to the cross and took the punishment for all of your and my sins and the sins of the whole world, past, present, and future, took it on himself. He took the bad that we deserve. So we receive all the good that he deserves. Thank you, Jesus. And as Jesus is, and he, he rose victorious. He took all your sins and rose victorious. And as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Do you believe Jesus is forgiven? Do you believe Jesus is loved? So you're loved and you're forgiven. Giving thanks to the Father, listen, who has qualified us to partake of the inheritance. You've got to believe he loves you. Let's say you, you have, you have a, a friend that you really close to, your bestie. See, the devil, one of the things he is, uh, is a liar. And one of the biggest things he wants you to believe is that God is mad at you and doesn't love you. Let's say your bestie uh, went away, went to another country for a few months, went on an excursion somewhere, and uh, you were texting them, trying to call them and all of a sudden uh, you don't get any text back from them you don't get any calls back no response and that's not like your bestie y'all were really close but they, they never responded to any of your texts any of your phone calls and uh, then all of a sudden you run into a couple people who also knows that person and uh, one person, they said, well, um, uh, they, they, they're upset at you. They're really bothered about the, some, something you did that they're really bothered about. Then you run into somebody else. They say the same thing. Yeah, I, I think they're mad at you. They're, it's some, some, something, uh, something you did. And then after a few months and they come back, they come back home from the excursion and you run into them and you're thinking that whole time that they're mad and uh, uh, there's a party where where you all go to and and you show up at the party 
let's say they had a, uh, or a birthday party for that person and you were invited and you came and you uh, approached them and you said, hey, man, I, uh, uh, what's, what, what did I do wrong? I mean, um, I heard you're mad at me and you're not returning my calls and my texts. And they said, oh, oh, no, no, I'm not, not mad at you at all. I, uh, it, it, my, something was wrong with my phone. I lost my, or actually I lost my phone and uh, I had to get it replaced. And I never got, I never got any of your calls or, or any of your texts. Now what happened was this individual went that whole time, went for months believing a lie. And there's some people who believe that about God. They believe the lie that God is mad at them. See? But God, I got good news for you. God is not mad at you. Thank you, Jesus. See, I believe that the cross is enough. See, you've got to believe the right thing about God. God's heart, let me switch over this uh, presentation here. We're going to look at Revelation. Very, very revealing here in Revelation chapter 12. You've got to believe that God's heart is in forgiveness, not in condemnation. See, some people, look, they have the wrong opinion about God. They think he's a bully, but God, he who sits in the heaven laughs. I mean, God has a good old time. Amen? His heart, say God's heart, is in forgiveness, not in condemnation. Okay, here's what happened to the devil, and this is why he's so upset. It's because a war, see, see, he got kicked out of heaven. And this gives us an insight in what happened in between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. I believe in the gap theory. I believe that's why that, uh, I, uh, that, that they find dinosaur bones that's millions of years old. And some Christians say, well, according to the Bible, uh, that the, uh, the earth is only 6,000 years old. I don't believe that. I believe that something happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. We don't have a whole lot of information about it. It's sketchy. But, but, we, but if you can piece some of that together, we, we can see that uh, there's something catastrophic that happened on the earth that caused God to, uh, to restore the earth. Because if you go through, through the creation story, I believe it's a recreation story where um, God uses language like, let the earth bring forth things. If, you, if the earth is bringing them forth, they were already in the earth. But that's a whole other story for another day. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay. And then between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, something catastrophic happened on the earth. Satan used to um, be in, in, in control or have some, some sort of um, uh, uh, jurisdiction on the earth. Um, and he's going back and forth between heaven and earth, and he had some authority, but 
he got too big for his britches. And he tried to, Ezekiel gives us some insight into it, either Ezekiel or, uh, Ezekiel and Isaiah. And, and it talks about <clears throat> how that he tried to raise his throne up above God's throne. And he ended up getting kicked out. Jesus saw it. We get some insight into it in Luke chapter 10. Jesus said, oh, yeah, yeah Satan, he's no big deal. Because the conversation was around when Jesus gave his disciples authority and told them to go raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons. They came back all excited. It's like, wow, even the demons are subject to us through your name. Jesus said, he ain't no big deal. I saw him fall from heaven like lightning. And this is what this is describing right here in Revelation. See, And, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought but they did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer you know who that dragon is the dragon is the devil so that great so the great dragon was what Bye-bye. Huh? This is not a 12-round bout. Okay. I mean, Jesus said he's thrown out of heaven like lightning. There's no it, God and the devil not wrestling. And, and you got to bring in judges to decide who wins. No. He got thrown out quickly. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. This is, he's describing this here in Revelation. The great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan. Now watch this. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. Here's three things about the devil you can learn today from Scripture. I gave you John 8, 44. He's a liar, and he's the father of lies. Two, he's a deceiver. And three... We're going to see he's an accuser. And that's really what I want to get you to see. But this is some, some good stuff here that we're talking about leading up to it. He deceives the whole world. See, he tries to deceive people into thinking, again, that God is mad at them. And see, people get into, let me go back to this, this destructive cycle. People punish themselves because they believe that God is mad at them. That's why you got people who they cut themselves because they're trying to punish themselves. Some people don't cut themselves, but some people, they uh, get involved in overeating. This is the root cause. Like people say, oh, I want to lose weight. But sometimes the root cause uh, of being unhealthy and eating poorly and eating, uh, binge eating, Eating, eating a couple pies, being overweight, condemnation. But sometimes people don't connect it to. But we are uncovering this silent killer today. Amen? Amen. Some people, they have lack in their life because they don't believe God wants them blessed because of something they did that God is punishing them for. 
Some people get involved in, again, um, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, because they believe there's something they did wrong that God is mad at them and they punish themselves by taking drugs. Or drinking a bottle of scotch and getting sloppy drunk. And then after they do that, they're more condemned and they feel God is even madder than <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Amen. So they keep doing it. So it's a, it's a destructive cycle that all starts with believing a lie by the deceiver. And they think, well, I'm, it's too late. Ain't no hope for me. I might as well just keep doing it. God's pissed off at me anyway. So what does it matter? My life is a mess. I mess myself up. Yeah, it's, you know, it's my own fault. And I deserve punishment. We all deserve punishment. But Jesus took our punishment on the cross. Don't believe that lie that God judges you guilty. No, God judged Jesus guilty on the cross so you can be free. And whatever you did, I declare to you that Jesus took your punishment on the cross and the cross is enough. Jesus went through that horrible death For all your mistakes, for the shame of your past. He took your shame. Oh, I'm just ashamed. I'm ashamed of what I've done. What I did was my fault, Pastor. I'm the reason why, why uh, my, my, my wife and I, or uh, my ex-wife, the reason why we got a divorce. I messed it up. I cheated. And I'm ashamed. Jesus took your shame. Jesus was punished for your mistakes. He took your mistakes. All of them. I said all of them. Woo! Hallelujah. God's not even thinking about that. He deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser, uh, accuser of our brethren. Say accuser. who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. See, this is how we overcome the devil, that accusing voice. 
by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What's the word of our testimony? That Jesus was punished for all your mistakes and all your failures and all your sins. Glory to God. The blood took care of all that mess. Jesus was punished so we can be free. Amen? And this is very important, see, because look, look at this. Beloved, this is, this is what he, he calls you. The, you're the beloved of God. If your heart does not, con see, God's not condemning you. But you can condemn yourself. But if you get rid of the condemnation and your heart doesn't condemn you, guess what? You've got confidence. Com not just any kind of confidence, confidence toward God. You've got confidence to come boldly to his throne to receive mercy. And grace to help in time of need. Come boldly to the throne of what? The throne of judgment? God's so much in the grace, he calls his throne. People are like, why are you talking about grace so much? Because you've missed it. Talking about what, come boldly to the throne of grace. You just skip past that little grace part. It's a throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment. But people acting like it's a throne of judgment. You got to get right before you got to go through all these steps to get to the throne. It's a throne of grace. Well, you just can't go to God any old kind of way. Yes, you can. Any old kind of way you come to God. <laughs> he that comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder. You coming to God believing he's a rewarder. Coming to God believing that he's not mad at you. Coming to God at your worst moment. On your worst day, you are still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The opposite of condemnation is the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. On the cross, Jesus was made to be sin for you that you would become the righteousness of God in him. Thank you, Jesus. There is therefore, I mentioned this before, I want you to see it for yourself. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Some, somebody said, yeah, but as long as you walk in the, in the spirit and not in the flesh, because you walk in the flesh, there is condemnation. I used to teach that, but I, I understand now that in many of the, the most ancient or the oldest manuscripts that the oldest, the New Testament was originally translated uh, or originally written in Greek. And the oldest manuscripts, um, the ESV, NIV, for example, those are, those are two translations that are taken from the earlier manuscripts, earlier than the, um, than the manuscript that the New King James was translated from, okay? So, and in the New King James, it has that language. The King James, New King James. It wasn't taken from the earlier manuscripts. And it, it has, at the end of this, uh, for those who, who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the, the spirit. But in the earlier manuscripts, it doesn't have that at the end. 
And I don't believe it's supposed to be there. I believe the ESV, NIV has it right, taken from those, again, those earlier manuscripts. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are, who are in Christ Jesus, full stop. Well, as long as you, no. <laughs> are you in Christ? No condemnation. You, you, you're not judged guilty. Thank you, Lord. For all, if you've been in church a long time, you've heard this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, we all fall short. We fell short. See, that's past tense. See, we've got to keep reading. And this is a beautiful passage. We're not going to read all, all the way through this. But there's a comma at the end. There's not a period. There's not a full stop after all of sins and fell short of the glory of God. That was our, <coughs> Paul is describing our state before we were in Christ Jesus. Now that we're in Christ Jesus, there's what? How much, how much condemnation? None. Man, do y'all realize how powerful this is? Because when you understand that you're not condemned for anything, that God's not judging you guilty for anything, that you, you're, and, and you begin to clear your heart from that silent killer, you got confidence Amen. towards God. And, and you know, on, man, that's powerful. Man, Al, that's good what you just said. That on your, did you say on your worst day? I'm preaching myself. Yes, on your worst day, you are the righteousness of God. Turn to somebody and tell them. Indianapolis, you too. At home, you too. You got somebody sitting next to you? Except on your worst day, you are still the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Ain't that good news? Man, ain't that news? Oh, that's good news. That's good news. See, the gospel is good news. We got to get this out there. So how many people are punishing themselves because they think God's mad at them? See, think about that when you make a mistake, when you mess up. It's not the time to avoid going to God's throne. You go boldly and say, Lord, I messed up, but I thank you, Lord, that I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ. You still love me. You see, that doesn't make you just flip it about God's love and forgiveness and make you just, uh, sometimes people think, oh, you know, you grace folk, you know, you just just careless with your life and you just greasy grace. That's offensive to me, greasy grace. There's no such thing. See, it makes, it makes you love him even more. It makes you, when you come to him, you're not like, 
oh, I'm just happy I sinned. No, you, you, I'm, I'm happy that, Lord, that you've forgiven me and I can keep on moving. I can keep on trucking, knowing that I'm loved. Lord, I just thank you for what you've done, for all that you did, that you took all my mistakes and all my failures and all my, my shame. I don't have to be ashamed for what I've done because of what you've done. See, he who forgives much, loves much. Boy, when you understand how much you've been forgiven, you love him even more. So keep on reading. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified was justified me. Declared righteous. Justified. Justified. Never done it. Being justified freely. See, it's, righteousness is a gift. He that receives, those that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. Being justified, how is it? I only got a few seconds left. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Whom God set forth as a propitiation. Oh, my goodness. You know what that means? The word propitiation, what does that mean? Long word. It means, in the Greek, it means, I believe it's hysterion. Don't quote me on that, but something like that. In the Greek, you know what that means? It means mercy seat. Thank you, Lord. The, see, in the Old Testament, the, the mercy seat was, it wasn't really a seat. It was almost, it was, I like to call it a lid that was over the Ark of the Covenant. All right? And inside the mercy seat, and see, the, the mercy seat, those things in the Old Testament were given for our admoni admonition and for our learning, and they were types and shadows. Everybody say types and shadows. Uh, of, of Jesus. And inside the mercy seat were three items. It was um, the, the Ten Commandments. It was um, Aaron's rod that budded and a golden pot of manna. Okay, so those three things represented something. The Ten Commandments represented uh, God's people, Israel's rebellion against God's commandments. The, uh, the golden pot of manna represented uh, man's rebellion against God's provision. The uh, Aaron's rod that budded represented uh, man's rebellion against God's authority. That was inside of, of, the, uh, of this ark. The lid over it was called the mercy seat. Over the mercy seat were two angels, and they, 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 their wings touched. On each end, there were angels, and their eyes, their head pointed down. Their eyes represented God's eyes. 
And so, and their wings touched, and they're looking down. But they're looking down on the lid. They're not peeking inside. The angels aren't inside the, the lid. They're on top, okay? And the, what the priest would do, he would sprinkle. How do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And this is what, see, these are pictures. These are types and shadows that helps us see Jesus. So the priest would sprinkle blood on top of the mercy seat. So when the angel's eyes, that represents God's eyes, look down, they're not looking inside to see the sin. They're looking on top and they see the blood. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Glory to God. So, whom? Who's he talking about when he said whom? The redemption that's in who? Redemption who is in, that's in what? In who? Christ Jesus. Whom? Whom is whom referring to? Jesus. God set forth as the mercy seat. I feel like, man, if I could, if I could moonwalk, I'd do it. <laughs> Jesus is the mercy seat. So, whenever you sin... He's not looking at your sin. He sees the blood. And that's how we overcome. That's how you overcome when he accuses you. <clears throat> the devil will try to get you to look at your sin and, and look at yourself. And you ought to be ashamed. Say, no, devil. Look at the blood. God ain't looking at my sin. He ain't peeking underneath the lid. <laughs> He's looking at the cross where the blood was shed, where Jesus was punished for your sin. Man, you got to get somebody to help you misunderstand this. And that's what we've had over the years, unfortunately, religion. Because what happens, listen, when you, when you think you need to be, deserve to be punished, you, you believe that God is mad at you because of something you've done, you know what, you know what happens? You, um, you, you believe God is mad at you, then you, you begin to treat others the way you see yourself. See, you begin, you, you, you're hard on yourself because you think God is hard on you. See, when you think God is hard on you, you begin to, that, that, see, see, a lot of people don't look at this as condemnation is the reason why some folk are hard on you because they feel like God is hard on them. So then they begin to take it out on other people. And a lot of times when people just out of nowhere, you ever seen people just come out of nowhere and just go off on you? Sometimes, many times, it's cause of condemnation. That's the reason why some folk are hard on you because they feel like God is hard on them. 
And they're hard on themselves. And they're hard on you. And the cycle continues. Y'all with me? I'm almost finished. Y'all getting something out of this? Say, Jesus is my mercy seat. So God set forth Jesus as the propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has, had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Okay, so I'm almost finished here. I want to read this in another translation, but you know what it's talking about? Um, he passed over the sins that were pre previously committed. See, God is talking about the people in the old covenant before Christ, and they were forgiven on credit based on what Jesus was going to do on the cross. Let's look at this from the New Century Version. Um, everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard, and all need to be made right with God by his grace, which is a free gift. They need to be made free from sin. Isn't this plain? It really doesn't mean it, need any explanation. They need to be made free from sin. There's only one way to be free from sin. It's through Jesus Christ. How, how are you made right with God? By his grace. So why do you talk about grace so much? Because that's how you're made righteous. Say, I'm right with God. No, you ain't. I saw what you did yesterday. I'm right with God. I don't care what you saw. <laughs> Tell the person next to you, say, on, on your worst day, you know. <clears throat> God sent him to die in our place. Reminds me of that parrot. I ever tell you a story about that parrot? This guy would come in, a parrot. I, I saw a parrot. I was at a Bible study. We had a, a little fellowship over at a house, Bible study here recently, and that, that parrot would talk. They had two parrots, and the parrots would talk. Man, I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen that in a long time. The parrot was talking, man. It's awesome. I, I took it on. I took a little video of it. And so, anyway, this pet store. This guy would come in the pet store, and there's a parrot sit right, right in the, in, uh, right inside the door. And you remember the story, Carla? All right, I'm gonna tell it. <laughs> so, every time this guy would come in, the parrot said, "You ugly." <laughs> every time that guy would come in, he'd come in off and "You ugly." You ugly. And the guy got tired of it. He went to the manager and said, this parrot, every time I come in, the parrot say you ugly. And, uh, and so the owner got upset. And he beat that parrot up. I mean, he beat that parrot, man, just beat him up bad. And that parrot had, uh, man, he had, the parrot had stitches. The parrot was all bandaged up. It could hardly walk. He said, don't you stop berating this customer. Next time, 
customer come in, paired all bandaged up. Paired looked at him. He said, you know. <laughs> you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Tell the person next to you, say, you know. You're righteous, man. God sent him to die in our place. To what? Your sins have been taken away, y'all. God sent him to die in our place, to take away our sins. We receive forgiveness through faith in the blood of Jesus' death. This shows that God always does what is right and fair. See, God would not have been just. See, sin deserves to be punished. So God doesn't sweep sin under the rug. He didn't do it under the old covenant. He forgave them even though Jesus hadn't come. They couldn't receive total forgiveness. Their sins were just covered by the blood of, of, of animals. And that was done on credit until the real thing came. Coke ain't the real thing. Jesus is the real thing. And see, that showed God's justice in forgiving us. It was righteous judgment. He didn't sweep Sin under the rug, sin deserved punishment. He didn't sweep our sins under the rug. Jesus died in our place, was made sin, punished for our sins, that we might become righteous. So this shows, this shows that God always does what is right and fair. As in the past, when he was patient and did not punish people, their sins. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, we just thank you that there's different